0: Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? Happy Monday. This is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And in this episode, I have another special guest for you today. I've been on the tour trying to get to know some of the prospects in the 2022 NBA draft. I've been going from workout facility to workout facility. And I'm back home in Dallas. And I had the opportunity to sit down with Hugo Besson. Hopefully I'm saying that right a french prospect that has spent this past basketball season in australia and in this episode we'll cover growing up in france playing in australia stay tuned Alright, before we get started with this episode, I wanted to thank each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast a success. You have made it your first listen of the day, and in this case, since it is Monday morning, your first listen of the week. Again, it means so much to me. And today, we have a title sponsor. It is Bet BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Alright, here is Hugo Besson. Yo, yo! What's up? It's Raphael, director, of Scott of NBA Big Board. I have a special guest, Hugo Basson, Did I did I say it right?
1: Right. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. That was good.
0: Okay, uh, it's you know I'm a, I got the American accent. Sometimes the 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 French pronunciation gets to me a little bit. Yeah, I know. All right, so let's let's get right into it. How does it feel to be here? We're in Dallas, Texas. You're preparing for
1: the NBA draft. What does that mean to you? Um, that's pretty exciting process you know I've worked hard uh, during all my young career to get there Mm -hmm. to be able to make it so now I'm just a month away from the day I've been waiting for my whole life so I'm very exciting
0: yeah I I can imagine you probably started at a young age been playing and now you're so close so close to, to reaching your dream so tell me about how you got started playing
1: basketball? So, I started when I was six years old mm-hmm. um, because my father was professional too. Okay. So, i always been in a gym when I was young. So, I really enjoyed playing basketball. So, I've been playing in the south of France where I grew up. I've traveled a lot because of my father's career as a player, then as a coach. And then, I became professional at the age of 18. Uh, I was in Pro B 50 last season. I finished best score of the league which sent me in Australia NBL yeah. and then I did a pretty good season in Australia too, so It had uh, get me where I'm right here, right here right now.
0: So I first found out about you About this time last year, right? So I consider myself someone that follows international basketball I've traveled at the under 18 under 19 teams so when i start seeing your name i'm like why don't i know this name because mm-hmm. i didn't see you on the under 18 team that yeah. was in greece in 2019 so where did like this rise come from were you just under the radar or did you just make a big jump after you turned 18 or 19
1: uh i think i was under the radar because i was been a good scorer uh best scorer of every championship i went to but i was no kind of small skinny not very physical so maybe that didn't help me to be you know very known and being the national team so i just did my my own way you know and i was working hard to get and to be professional and to perform at a professional level
0: yeah i mean i think it's awesome because i was there in 2019 watching the under 18 French national team and you weren't on that team mm-hmm. and here we are three years later you're preparing for the draft so it's it shows how hard you work and how you overcome that so was it disappointing for you to not make that team
1: um, not really because you know at, at the end of the day the most important thing is to be professional you know yeah. if you're in the whole national team young national team but you're not uh, getting professional at the end of your young teams you know I mean that means nothing for yeah. me you know my, my goal was to be professional so even it was if I was not selected in the national team I was my goal was just to be professional and I worked really hard for it
0: and then in your professional season last year in France like you said you led the, you led him in scoring and when I watched your film I was blown away. Like I felt like, why don't I know who Hugo Besson is? And so one of the things I noticed about your game is that you don't need someone to feed you the ball. You can go get it on your own. And I think you were, were you fourth in three-pointers uh, made?
1: Yeah, mate, I don't really remember. I think you
0: were fourth in yeah. three-pointers made, but I think there were like a couple games you missed. If you would have not missed those games, you would have been first. You shot a very good percentage, I want to say like 36%. But most of those shots were off the dribble. Mm-hmm. So where did you develop creating your own shot as a three-point? Like, I feel like there's guys that are three-point shooters that need somebody to pass them, mm-hmm. and there's three-point shot makers. Yeah. Where did you develop that at?
1: Um, just work. You know. I've been working a lot with my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he teached me almost all I know now. And he, the most important thing it teaches me is to be able to score by your own. You know, you don't need somebody to help you or to get you open, you know. Yeah. So I worked on it and to be able to create my own shot because I think it's very important to not be like the guy who needs another one to score. And yeah. I'm very trying to be that guy.
0: All right. So you, after you left France, you went to... Australia. Well, your team is New Zealand, but yeah. you went to Australia and uh, how was that experience for you?
1: Uh, that was very new for me because I never really uh, left France, so that was very special at, at the beginning because I went to New Zealand with all the restrictions because of COVID, lockdown, etc. So that was tough moments at the beginning of the season, but when it starts, uh, I was very exciting to show uh, that I was able to perform at a higher level, you know. NBL is a very good championship and I wanted to show people uh, I was able to do almost the same things I did in second division France.
0: How was the the adjustment from France to Australia as far as level of play?
1: Uh, First of all, you have to adjust uh, just in your language you know, because people don't speak French mm-hmm. and that's not the same mentality, not the same way to work and everything was new for me. So I, I had to very get used to it quickly to be ready to perform very early in the season and I think I did it pretty good. And then I just wanted to play my game the way I know and just, yeah, to show I was able to do what I did the last year but at the higher level.
0: How long did it take you to adjust to the time? I've been out there before, and it's hard.
1: Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, in preseason, I had some tough game Mm -hmm. because I was not ready for the physicality. Uh, Even the guys were very, you know, quicker than in Pro-B, faster, shooting quicker. So that was tough at the beginning, but when the student started, I was ready because my three or four first game, I went pretty good. I did some good games over 20 points. So, I think I was very I was ready pretty early in the season.
0: I am the owner of the NBA team or I'm the general manager. Why should I select you with my draft pick? Uh,
1: because I'm I want to make it. I'm very hard worker. Mm-hmm. Uh I really want to help the team to win and yeah, just because I think I can help a team to win. Yep,
0: I I agree. I'm a big fan. I actually did a video breakdown on you. I want to say it was in like August. And I I felt like I was one of the first Americans to really take a deep dive into your game and just kind of bring it to the the American audience. Um, What position do you consider yourself? Are you a one? Are you a two? Are you just a ball player?
1: Uh, I think I'm both because I really enjoy playing 1 and 2 you know I'm not just a 1 or a 2 I enjoy play both you know I'm just I just want to hoop and <laughs> and that's it you know I'm not just seeing myself as a point guard who's just you know playing the right way etc I'm also very attractive by the rim so this I I think I can do both yeah. very very good
0: All right, before I get into another round of questions, let's talk about BetOnline because BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments from league reviews, news, including the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and a recap of the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. And that is because Online is where the game starts. One of the things I like about your game is how confident you are. So we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Some people may say you take tough shots and they may think it's bad shots. I think it's confidence. I feel like when a guy is guarding you, you don't feel like he can stop you. And you think every shot is going in. Did that come from, like, your your dad, like, instilling that in you? Or, or do you feel like you put in so much work, you believe that you work on those shots and you believe they're going in?
1: Yeah, I think because I've been working so hard, you know, I just, I'm just trusting myself. You know, even if, if I'm missing, I know the next one's going to fall in, you know. So I'm just not too much overthinking, you know. Uh, just basketball, I'm just having fun playing and I'm just want to score every time making the right play and sometimes you cannot do everything right so you have to focus on the next play to be able to not repeat your mistakes etc so you have to trust yourself i think
0: yeah i agree so most people kind of label you as a scorer right but i think you're a good passer and i feel like your passing is underrated how do you feel about your your passing do you feel like it doesn't get enough attention
1: Uh, I think uh, I've shown for the first part of the season in Australia just scoring. Mm -hmm. I was averaging just one assist a game and I had a meeting with my assistant coach who told me like I had to do more things on on the court because in the NBA, a lot of players can score, you know, so but on the second part of the season, I've been trying to do more stuff on the court to be able to not be just a scorer and I think at the end of the season, i averaged almost three assists a game. Yep. So, yeah, I've, I've worked really hard on this part of my game, too, to be able to not just be considered as a scorer. No.
0: Yep. Now, is there an NBA player that you think plays a similar style to you, or you play a similar style to that NBA player?
1: Uh, I, a lot of people compare me to Tyler Hero. Um, I don't know because of this way he plays and the way I play, I think. But I'm just trying to be focused on myself, you know, because I'm not, I'm not Tyler Hero, I'm not uh, another guy, I'm just Hugo Besson, you know, I just yeah. play the way I know, and uh, that's my game, not another one game, so I'm just trying to hoop how I know it. All right,
0: France has been doing well as far as like representing the country in basketball. What is, what is it about basketball in France that is making the country a, a power? Uh,
1: Basketball is not that huge in France, Uh, soccer is the main sport, so, but we have a lot of great young players in France, the level is just growing up every day. Uh, When I was in Pro B, I mean, that's still second division, but it's the best second division in all Europe, you know, so. I think we got a pretty good level, and this is why you see a lot of players now, French players in the NBA, EuroLeague, able to perform at this level. So I think we got a pretty good level in France.
0: Yep. So when you uh, when you make it to the NBA, what do you think the biggest adjustment will be for you?
1: Uh, I think the physicality. Mm-hmm. I have to work on my body to be able to do eighty-two games a season yeah. and to be more consistent, you know, to not just score one game, 20 points, miss three games after, you know, to be very consistent, to be able to get those games and yeah, just stay after. I think the hardest part is to stay in the league uh, as long as you can. So I have to work hard. Uh, It's not, when you get drafted, it's not the end, you know? I think for me, it's just the beginning of something else. So I will work very hard to stay in this league.
0: I, I like that mentality. I don't think a lot of people realize it that the draft is it's a huge day, mm-hmm. but it's just one day. Yeah. And you, you want to stay. So you've been in Dallas about a week now. Mm-hmm. What's a typical day like for you here?
1: So I'm waking up at like 6:37 a.m. I'm getting my breakfast. After my breakfast I'm stretching and getting prepared for my practice. I'm going to the gym at around 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing some workouts, basketball, lifting for three, four hours. Uh, I'm just getting ready for the NBA workouts, the combine, and to be ready to play an NBA game. So I'm just preparing the best I can to be ready.
0: Has your body adjusted to other times? I mean, within the last month, you've been in three different time zones. Clearly across the world. Australia's time zone is crazy. I yeah. went out there once. I was completely thrown yeah. off. Then did you go home after that for a yeah. little while? And then now you're here in the States. Has your body fully adjusted to all the traveling?
1: Yeah, I feel pretty good. Uh, so are you Superman? Or are you? I don't know. Uh, you know, I went to, when I was in Australia and I went back to France, I had some rest for like two, three days. Uh, it helped me to recover well and to get ready. So now I'm just, you know in the mentality to work and to get ready so i'm not f- i don't have time to be tired you know wow
0: he, he superman right here <laughs> because if you've never traveled you don't realize how far australia is
1: yes yeah, it
0: is i mean it's depending on where you're going in the states it could be 24 hours 30 hours of traveling yeah. and wow you, you gotta be <laughs> i guess you're that focused that that you're not not really that tired I know if I had that travel schedule, I would be super tired. And when you're super tired and you're traveling a lot, you need something that is going to be healthy. Nothing better than having a healthy snack. And speaking of healthy snacks, I have to talk about Built Bar because there is not a better healthier snack. Hopefully I said that correctly. There's not a better healthy snack that has a great taste to it than Built Bar and Built Bars and their puffs are 100% real chocolate. That means with the Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. If you have not tried the puffs yet, you are missing out. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and churro. Now who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And the good thing is they are only 148 calories. If that's not enough for you, you might want to try a mix box and the mix box contains the puffs and the Built Bars. 12 different flavors of bars and puffs built bar make sure there's something for everyone my favorite flavor is the white chocolate cookies and cream and most built bars are 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein now if you compare that to a candy bar which is usually around 240 calories 30 grams of sugars and dozens of net carbs it is a no-brainer why you should choose a built bar over a candy bar because again this is a protein bar that does not taste like cement or nothing. So chocolate flavored on every single built Bar. If you don't believe me, you can go to built.com. You can check out the stats. And also they have the flavors that you may like, like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more, they're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. So check them out at built.com. And if you go to built.com and you use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. So use the promo code LOCK15. And you will get 15% off at built.com all right so last question you hear your name actually you know i got two more questions you hear your name called on draft night what is going to be the thoughts going through your mind
1: in my mind yep i'm going to be obviously very happy very proud of what i did but as i said it's just the beginning of another step you know Mm -hmm. it's just i have some fun time after the draft for real but I'm just getting to work very early after that to be ready for the season and to get to work. You know, it's just the beginning and I have to be ready for the season.
0: All right, once you get that first big NBA check, what's the first thing you're going to do?
1: I think I'm going to help my parents for sure, my family. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's the most important thing in my life. I'm not going to buy like a crazy car. You
0: don't want a crazy car? Uh,
1: For sure, I want to, but I mean the first thing I have to do is to help my my family because yeah. they they brought me where I am now, yeah. you know? So that's the main important thing for me.
0: Yep. All right, man. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on.
1: Appreciate it.
0: Rafael Bartle, this is Hugo Besson. Did I say it right? Right. One of my favorite players in the draft. I think he's a first-round talent. We'll see. Thank you. All right, shout-out to Hugo Besson and his agency, ComSport, for setting up this interview. I, I thought it went great. I, I felt like I learned a lot more about Hugo. And here's the crazy thing that I did not realize until after we recorded the podcast is that he just really learned English this basketball season. He was in Australia playing in the NBL, which we covered. And Australia had such huge restrictions that he had to go by himself. So he was kind of thrown into the fire and forced to learn English. And again, I did not know that until after the podcast and I was speaking to him as if English was his first language. Usually if it's a a person that I know hasn't been speaking English for a while, I try to try to simplify my questions or simplify my words and I did not do that with Hugo. So I was impressed, similar to Iris Molinar last week, but I was impressed by just his overall grasp of the English language and the basketball terminology, and again, he just started speaking English a few months ago at the start of this basketball season, so um, I guess that's a testament to his work ethic, not only on the court, but just off the court and having to adapt and adjust, so again, shout out to Hugo Besson, all right, once again, thank you for making the NBA Big Gore Podcast your first listen of the day, now I would suggest you check out the Locked on NBA Podcast from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament. To the last possession of the NBA Finals, the Locked On Experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. You can find the Locked On NBA Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also check it out on YouTube. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow, the Director of Scouting for NBA Big Board, and I am out.